1: Welcome to another edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mass from MLB.com alongside Director of Braves Alumni Relations Greg McMichael. Uh, Greg, we've got a pretty cool show today. We're recording this during Hank Aaron week. It's a special week here at SunTrust Park and in Braves Country. Uh, We've got not one but two guests today who do some pretty amazing work. In honor of Hank Aaron Week, we wanted to have them on. Marvin Freeman, your former teammate, and Jerry Royster, former big leaguer, former brave. Uh, Just talk about uh, Marvin and and Jerry a little bit. You're going to hear from them, and you're going to love them. We we certainly enjoyed listening to them, but talk about those two guys. Yeah,
2: I love what they're doing. I had a chance to get to know Marvin. Obviously, um, as the director of alumni relations, Marvin's really involved with us. And uh, Jerry, I've just gotten to know a little bit over the last couple years, but they're really involved in kind of giving back. They're instructing, working with some young men here. Uh, they about, had about 130 kids down in at uh, Vero Beach where they were working through, like you said, for two weeks they were training them and teaching them the game. Some of these kids have never been taught just some of the basic things which they'll talk about during the. During the uh, podcast, but yeah, that Marvin I know has been an instructor for years and really is passionate about teaching pitching. He working with Marquise, and so we'll talk. I've I've always taught too as well, and and love working with kids on pitching. And so Marvin, I've gotten into just some of the mechanical things of pitching and what he teaches and what I teach. So we have fun going back and forth with that. But I, I'm just proud to have such a great group of alumni and there's a segment of those guys that are really giving back to the game and we've got a pretty good list i mean dwight smith and chris chambliss brian jordan marquise grissom uh gary sheffield that's just a few that are involved with this joint venture that mlb and mlbpa that's doing and um it's great to hear the stories you're going to get to hear a little bit about what they're doing. I think it's just phenomenal. Obviously, there this this is kind of a, the emphasis on diversity in the game. We've seen that uh, our game specifically is is lacking um, kids from the African American community. Major League Baseball has decided that we really need to do something about that. And so we Atlanta the Atlanta Braves, Major League Baseball, the MLBPAA, these groups have gotten together and say here's how we're going to attack this and one of the big things is this hank aaron invitational and now we're getting to see the combination of that the 44 classic here tomorrow and just if and for those of you who aren't familiar with it just to give you a little bit further information the hank Inva-
1: uh, Hank Aaron Invitational. It's held down in Envera Beach, as Greg said. Uh, historic Dodger town. The old spring training home of the Dodgers. Envera Beach. Uh, it's a joint effort between MLB, the Players Association, USA Baseball. It's around 250 players, ages 13 to 18 from across the United States. I believe, and as you're here, going to hear Jerry say, I think every state was represented uh, down there, which is pretty, that's pretty amazing. Uh, and these kids got elite level training from former, like the, the website says, former major league players and coaches they got training from not only the the two gentlemen on our podcast today ken griffey jr flash gordon eric davis I mean, just the the list. I think the, the guy said uh, Jerry said that uh, Mike Sosha was down there. Just the amount of the, the the it was truly elite level training These kids got around 44, I guess 44 of them are being chosen from that camp or from that invitational are being brought up here. They're going to play a showcase game, the 44 Classic at SunTrust Park. It's just it's it's such a cool thing that we as an organization with the Braves get to be involved in, uh, and the perfect we've got the perfect umbrella for it with Hank Aaron and everything that he stands for Uh, it's just such a such a great great effort that's going on here Uh, we even talk about michael harris who the Braves selected um, in the draft this year and who's by the way is off to one heck of a start in his pro career he was first noted as as part of uh, as part of this program so it's a pretty special deal we've got going on and i can't wait for you to hear marvin freeman and jerry royster talk about it and instead of waiting any further let's just do that here they are marvin freeman and jerry royster
2: Well, just want to welcome you guys behind the Braves. We got Marvin Freeman here, former teammate, and Jerry Royster. Jerry, I grew up watching you. Uh, doesn't mean that's no, that you you're old. It's just you, right. still, you still look great. But I tell you know, Ricky and I've talked about this on the podcast. I grew up in Knoxville. Cable was just kind of becoming big in the in the early '80s, and and so I remember watching you guys I was a big Braves fan growing up and and uh, so it was really the only thing to watch The Superstation it yeah. was
0: I, I literally worked at the at, at, <laughs> did at you? TBS I sure did I used to do wrestling on the on the weekends i used to do uh, really yeah. wrestling
2: we called it yeah. Wrestling. Yeah, that's, right. <laughs> well, that's good well obviously marvin and i spent a lot of time together marvin lives here now in atlanta and um so we get to see each other and so but we are here today on the podcast we'd love to hear more about what the work you guys are doing with um with the uh, hank aaron classic and or hank aaron invitational i'm sorry and then you're here for the 44 classic but you just spent a week down in vero beach so jerry give us a little perspective on what happened down there with the young men that you're working with from because obviously you're working with the guys you're not working on pitching right that's Marvin right. Marvin's working right. on pitching right. so give us a perspective a little bit about what's been going on on what you've been doing with those guys well Marvin and I actually were there
0: for two weeks we had the babies down there we had uh, 13 and 14 year olds uh, down there before the kids that were picked for the Hank Aaron Invitational The 44 that were picked, we had we had younger guys down there, and uh, Marvin and I actually I was the manager and he was the coach of the team. So So we've we've been been together for for two two weeks. weeks. Yeah. (laughs) So and now you know we we come here and we're going to play this game and uh, the culmination of uh, players that uh, we have uh, put together, it's it's just amazing. And uh, Marvin, to be able to tell you about the pitching, but the position players, all these kids have aspirations of being major league baseball players or going to college or both. And the ones that don't have that aspiration, you know, you might see more of them playing in the major leagues than the guys that have aspirations. They're so young that it's uh, you just don't know what what opportunities are going to come to these kids.
2: Well, I read the numbers. So um, from last year, uh, we saw some of the numbers that there's 21 that got drafted. In 2019, and then more than 100 currently playing in the in the minor leagues or at the college level, so that's a pretty good group. And then we saw the success story of the kid that was kind of um, was really found, I guess you would say, you know, and we drafted him in the third round. Michael Harris. Yeah, Not Michael and Harris. And
3: he's,
1: he's off to a good start from what I've seen, too. Oh, yeah, he was
3: one of my uh, pitchers for three years with um, Marquise's MGBA oh, program. Oh, wow, okay. And Mike was a lefty. Well, he was a left-handed pitcher that threw 92 to 93 miles an hour, and he was probably one of the best pitchers in the country. But then on the flip side of that, he was a center fielder that could run it down. He can really rake. He can... I mean, he was just... He's probably been the best two-way player that I've seen out of high school kid since I've been coaching in, youth, in this youth space, and um, he's doing an incredible job. I call him my son. In parentheses, my real son's like, yeah, okay, dad. <laughs> <laughs> but Mike is—he's um, just—he's just a joy to be around. A real humble kid, but when he crosses that line, he's a beast.
0: And what we're finding, what we're finding
3: is that
0: uh, you know a lot of these kids are inner-city kids, and uh, you know, we're going to sit here and talk about their baseball, but their lives—I mean, i mean, they come from so many different walks of life and opportunities that don't even—I mean—you you can't imagine some of the stuff that these kids are going through. Do. They're dodging bullets on a daily basis, and, and then they get to come to come to us, and uh, you, you you just read off the numbers, and that numbers are incredible. For the programs that
1: we're doing, that Major League Baseball is doing some very good stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I guess what I know this is when we had Hank on uh, back in February. One of the things that we that I asked him, and i want to hear from you guys too, is what do we, as an industry, need to be doing a better job of to get young african-american athletes involved in the game i mean is it is it all venues is it equipment or what is it what what is you think what are the main things we should be doing
3: no we're involved um it's just that um it's 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 more unseen than it's made out to be i mean every year it's tournaments that um we play in um these kids down here they play they've been playing ball since they were seven eight nine years old I think that um, once it gets to a point where the economics come in is that's when you're going to see that drop off because if a kid has a choice to go play football in college for free or go to college and play baseball under a 25% scholarship where his parents got to come out of their pocket with $15,000, 20, $25,000 a year, well that's an easy choice and so we lose a lot of our really good athletes to other sports. But um, we're playing baseball, man. We're, we're we're actually getting after it.
0: But yet the numbers that tell you, like over a hundred, the twenty-one drafted last year. You know, if these kids keep developing as as they did when they were with us in these in the last few years that I've been with the uh, uh, with Major League Baseball doing this, and uh, we're pulling kids out of the youth academy in Compton. Where, where there's kids. I mean, there's literally kids from every state. I think we have that are going to be here.
2: Uh, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Jerry, you're, you're involved. You're a high school coach out yes, in California we talked about. Marvin's very involved uh, teaching and coaching here. He's part of Marquise Grissom Baseball Association. So, like I said, you said you guys are involved, and we have fortunately have a lot of alumni that are doing it. We have five or seven guys here, as I was reading off the list. So, um, you and Marvin, Dwight Smith, Chris Chambliss, Michael Tucker, Brian Jordan, Marquise Grissom, Gary Sheffield, we we have a lot of Braves involved in this. Major League Baseball is pushing this hard. We understand, oh, what I've, the numbers I've read, that we, from as far as African-American participation, it was the lowest it's been since like 1965 or something like that. Um, and so, but we've been moving the needle upwards. I agree with Marvin. I, I saw it. I went to the University of Tennessee, and I always – believe that until the NCAA gets on board and they change the scholarship, program that uh, moms and dads in the inner city are going to go with football because 100 plus kids get full rides and baseball gets 10 and a half scholarships and then you go to Morehouse College and they've got one scholarship they have the chance to get 10 and a half but they only have the money for one and that just shouldn't be the case and no wonder we're losing great athletes to other sports because of that fact so I'm with you on that I, think, I wish there was something and I've thrown that out to our guys to see is there something that we could do to change that from, a, from an industry, how do we create a scholarship fund that maybe supplements that 10 and a half or goes to a school like that? I'm not sure. Like Marvin said,
0: we still need more parks to play in, right? Mm-hmm. It costs these kids zero to come do this for a week. The last two weeks, there's been, well, there's 130 kids and we picked 44 of them. Of the 130 kids, zero it costs their parents to come and play these guys are, are are getting scholarships. You know, half of them are committed to colleges. So the opportunity is coming, but we need more. We gotta have we got to have more places. How many coaches did we have, Marvin? How many coaches we did I have? We had
3: about 20, 25, 26 coaches and with all major league experience. So
0: yeah, each awesome. coach Eric was, uh, Davis, I mean, you, the coaching staff was ridiculous.
3: And just the guys that came in and spoke, Ugh. had Andre Dawson come in, Gary Sheffield.
0: King Griffey King Jr. King Griffey
3: Jr. Um,
0: <laughs> Mike Socia was one of the coaches. He got an 18-year, 19-year... Coach, it's just you just go on. It just goes on and on.
2: And they got to spend some time with Hank and Andrew Young too. Was that it? Yeah. Pascal,
3: so it was, uh, that was. I, I think we got more out of that <laughs> yeah, today. Exactly. He Jerry, about broke down in tears asking the yeah. question. Oh man. I wanted to go over and oh, hug man. him. He was. Yeah. He got choked up, man. Yeah,
0: like, I'm. The, I'm gonna tell you, it was it was very moving to sit there with those two guys. And you know, I did. I took a look around the room, and every you know, they were had gone to a question and a- answer session, and uh, it it. Uh, it got to the point where I knew the kids were they wanted the, the information that they needed but they needed to hear some stuff and uh, I stood up and I said hi I'm Jerry Royster and half the people in there go Jerry Royster yeah <laughs> <laughs> I get a hand and uh, and uh I started telling Hank about because I was in the game when he broke the record. When he broke the record, I was playing for the other team for the you Dodgers. You are
3: old, man. Yeah, stop <laughs> it, Marvin. Stop, stop it. it. Marvin doesn't looked at it since the evening. I told him I need to get whatever vitamins he's taking, man.
0: <laughs> and it was, it was it was it was it was great. And I and I told him about it. I told him about my day. I told him about how like I was so looking forward to seeing him play. And you know, even though I was a Dodger, I, I was hoping that he got it against us. And it was. Uh, when it happened, I, it ha- uh, I literally jumped up and hit the top of the roof with my head. I forgot that it was up there and, <laughs> and uh, almost knocked myself out. But I mean, we had, uh, from my hometown, I was I was very young. I was probably 21 years old or something like that. And um, from, we had Dusty Baker and uh, we had Roland Office, uh, two other, two extra and myself. We had three guys from our, from Sacramento, that were in that game that were at that game and it was uh it was pretty special but oh yeah that's right we're talking about Hank right <laughs> but that's what happened i swear, we were so involved all the coaches we were i mean it was we were videoing. We were doing everything. It was awesome.
2: Well, I know Hank has been very excited about what we got going on this week. He's had a lot of input into what we've been doing for, as far as, uh, you know, some of the he, things he wishes that would happen in the game developing and, and around this weekend. So we're real excited, obviously, to have Hank be a part of, you know, what we're doing with the Braves, but then also just giving back like you guys are doing. What, what has been the biggest thing that's kind of struck you, Marvin, as you work? with these kids how they responded i mean what what's been the big takeaway for you
3: well you know we um when we first got down there we we kind of encourage them to ask questions and take in as much information as they possibly can and I, I i got to a point where i had to beat them off with a stick i mean i'm like hey look dude i hey just go over there i <laughs> right. mean they're hanging on every word well, man they're asking me about every little detail what did I eat for breakfast before I pitched. And right. I mean, they were really um, intent on learning some things and how to have a routine, how to go about um, their pre-game, post-game, post-pitching workouts, and things of that nature. And, you know, one kid didn't even know what showing the other team up meant, so I had to explain that to him because he, he pitched really well, and then he started doing, I mean, i thought i was watching marvin freeman out there for a minute so i had to tell him i say look when you got these guys beat you don't have to moonwalk off the mound and but you know he was like what did i do and i did i just explained to him in, for the future you know if you're cruising along just keep cruising i mean celebrate after the game when you're going down the handshake line that's when you can really enjoy it but um it's a lot of little things that they don't know. We had to even break down some of the terminology yes. for the kids, like, you know, sure double, you know, things Playing things that, straight away. Play, yeah.
0: Those were the words of the day. Those were words of the day. When they came in in the morning, the first thing they saw was straight away and sure doubles and uh, command. You know, because they don't singles. hear that.
3: I mean, the, the, the teams that they play on... You know with a travel ball team you get there an hour before the game just in time to play catch and then you go out there and play they play more games than they actually do practice and develop so you know when you don't know the terminology um, like even working with pitchers um, flying open stay on top they thought stay on top meant get your arm way up here when I was just really explaining that your fingers need to be on top at release so we really had a chance to break down a lot of stuff that was just we thought it was just simple but it's just stuff that these guys need to hear they're 15 16 17 years old and they're just going out there playing on talent but they got some kind of talent man i mean these guys 17 years old they're throwing 90 92 miles an hour and with good sharp breaking balls and they you know it was just, it's just fun to be out there and watch and, and give these guys something that they can take back home with them and maybe share with some of their teammates.
2: That's awesome. How many of these guys you think baseball's their number one sport?
0: We we actually, the question was asked a couple of times by Eric Davis and, you know, some of the guys uh, mentioned it and um, they were out talking about oh, how many running backs are in this group and, and things like that. I, I don't know, to be honest, but uh, there's there's a number of them that are leaving this, and the next day they're going to their football practices. Oh yeah. So
2: two uh, days, right? <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Summer workouts, right?
3: And, they, and I mean, you can tell the football guys too. Them guys are right. solidly built, man. I mean, they, one guy I thought it was Bo Jackson's son. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, this, exactly. guy, this dude was like a little rock, man. I was like, wow, I wasn't that developed at seventeen.
1: Yeah, athlete. They're, they're they're coming out. They're younger and younger. Even the big leagues, guys break in so much younger than like when I was a kid watching, right. like Marvin and, and Greg. I, I mean, you know, what? at that time. I mean, I, you know, I remember. I remember day. But it's like they break in so young now, and teenagers come and play in the big leagues now. I'm always fascinated by people who are teachers. I come from a family of teachers. I love listening to Greg talk about how he teaches young athletes. I think I'm fascinated by it because I'm such a like I'm bad at I'm not good at teaching, and I don't know how to. I'll know how to do things but I don't know how to like train somebody to do them very well so what is you guys what is your guys like approach when you're teaching or coaching a young athlete I mean what is the most important what is your strategy of how you do that I would think of learning who the kids are like you can have all the you can know all the things to tell them but I would think you have to know how to deliver that message a certain way to a certain kid is that, is that correct?
3: Oh absolutely for me for pitching um, I always think that a pitching coach and a pitcher, you gotta, you you must have a one-on-one relationship to understand what his flaws are and what his individual needs are, and then being able to translate it, translate it over to him so that they can understand it and then carry it out in a drill or a practice. Um, sometimes you can talk over the kid's head. You don't want to do that. You want to make sure that they absolutely understand what it is you're trying to get them to do, and then. I always have them explain it back to me or explain the feeling that they had when they tried to do a specific task and when they can explain it, they're really teaching themselves. So, I mean, once I get them to start telling me what they're doing, then I know they're getting it.
0: And, and on that same note, like I'm I'm a coach and I am an instructor and I think that I do do both of them. So. I like to make sure that I watch each kid individually. Every every player is an individual, and I understand bef- ahead of time that not everybody does everything the same way, and you don't have to do things the one way. And I can tell right away who's a real good coach and who isn't because you know they're always trying to get everybody to do the same thing and. I can't do that. I'm not six seven like Marvin, and I can't. You know, I don't have long hands. I got, I got more hair than he's got. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, so you got to you got to treat the kids. You got to treat them as individuals, as he said. And and um, uh, he'll tell you also that I'm a video guy. You know, and we come down here as coaches, and I learn stuff all the time. I mean, I've been in this guy's ear ever since we got back together. You know, and uh, which was last year basically and uh, he showed me some video things that I just took and implemented right into my uh, program when I got home and you know and two of those kids are now here they've been hearing me talk about Marvin and talk about Tom Gorman Uh, I mean Flash Gordon and and, uh, I mean we Ken Hill we have we have pitching coaches right I don't claim to be a a pitching coach but I learned so much that I can take enough back Mm -hmm. To teach these kids, instead of pounding them with pictures with twenty-five things that they should be doing, you know, we're trying to get them one or two. And then now I got, I came back this year. I'm gonna take one or two more. And and we're and all you know, the goal is to keep them healthy. But for me, video just to teach a kid something, let them see what they're doing. You know, show them what you're talking about instead of talking about it and using words that they don't understand.
2: Yeah, that's a great. I, so many of us are visual learners. And that's the one thing I've got a little app on my phone that um, that just snap a picture of the kid throwing and you can draw all kinds of lines and and it's amazing just what a great tool that is and I know Marvin, you're a big believer in it and use it all the time and we've talked about that and and um but one one of the one things I wanted to ask you guys, and I think this is kind of um for me is when I thought about getting a chance to talk to you guys today, I was really thinking about you as you guys as young players coming up and the opportunities that these guys have. But yet, you know, you played 16 seasons, you played 10 seasons. So you guys had great careers um, and you've been involved, but yet you didn't have anything like this. So uh, what was it that allowed you to play and continue to play and make it to the big leagues—that um, you're not seeing that these kids are, are being able to do. What, were, was it what was in your background that allowed you? Was it a dad, or was it just somebody at a park that you played in, or how was that? I, I just
0: don't think that the kids today compete enough, you know. And like Marvin was saying, they never practice; they're always playing a game. And if you're good, every team wants you to play for them, so you can literally play. And you're doing the same things. You're not getting any better. You're just doing the same thing. Reinforcing bad habits, That's right? That's <laughs> right. That's right. But uh, I, I enjoy this so much. It's 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 getting to the point that I learn so much each and every each and every time I I step on the field. We wake up. We get up every morning five o'clock, and we're out on the field and doing stuff and teaching kids. And you know, I I get so excited even talking about it and. Uh, as I said, we've we talked to kids together. We're teaching kids together. But growing up, I didn't have. I mean, I I never had. Hank Aaron never was sitting in front of me. I didn't get to. Ask, <laughs> I didn't get to ask Andrew Young any questions about you know, civil rights. I didn't get the you know Ken Griffey Juniors of the world. Uh, well, that would be Willie Mays. He never talked to my school. You know, <laughs> it's really amazing. It's you know, really amazing.
3: And i say for me, um, growing up in Chicago. Um, Basketball was king, but we had the Cubs and the White Sox, and so the Cubs didn't play night games back then. So every day at around 3.15, I would catch like maybe the sixth, seventh, eighth inning, whatever team they were playing. um, I watched Lee Smith come in, taking his slow walk in from the bullpen, and he'd pitch a two-inning save, and then I'd take my rubber ball and glove and went right across the street from my house it was a um, public school all concrete i throw that ball off the wall and run and catch and then we took some chalk and drew a strike zone on the wall and i'd just be throwing throwing i put a um, a meme on um, social media saying this was my travel ball me throwing the ball against the wall this is my personal pitching coach and whatever pitcher that pitched against the cubs or pitched for the cubs that day I would go to the park and try to mimic his mechanics. So I would throw like Pedro Bourbon from Sidearm right. or Bob Gibson trying to f- mimic his slider and how he fell off the mound. And just doing that day in and day out every day, um, I think it just it gave me enough reps to where when I did try out for the high school team, I tried out for the high school baseball team when I was a sophomore because I played basketball my whole life and then I found out that my hands were too small for a basketball. Every time <laughs> I went up for a dunk, the ball kept slipping on my hands so I was like, this is the perfect size for <laughs> a baseball. Yeah, so I knew I, I'd be a big pitcher in baseball but a little a little center in basketball and um, just was able to weigh my options and uh, realize that I wasn't going to make it in the NBA but I did have a, a, a breaking ball, a good fastball that I could throw somewhere in that box and just worked on it every day and I think that's what gave me the um the muscle memory or the ability to repeat things that would help me continue to progress in baseball so I was my own pitching academy
1: well since it's Hank Aaron week I'm obviously the main focus is all of the, the initiatives the 44 classic the great work you guys are doing I, I did want to ask you since it's Hank Aaron week we're celebrating Hank Aaron the man too with this week and I was just curious that Marvin you were talking about before we started uh, when you first came to the Braves and Hank uh, treating you extremely well and just the simple question for both of you is what does Hank Aaron mean to each of you
3: I'll go first, because I know you were almost in tears talking about what you meant to me. <laughs> I'm not about to cry, but I, I get choked up. <laughs> but, um, I mean, Hank meant so much to me that when I left Atlanta and went to Colorado, I begged for number 44. I still have the 44 chain on now. And just to... When I first got here, and, and, and I talked about it earlier, how he took me around, me being new to Atlanta, showed me some places where, where I can get an apartment, me and my wife, and, and we just looked at each other like, this is Hank Aaron. And just, just the, the kind of individual that he was just really had a big impression on me, and um, it just made me see that all superstars weren't egomaniacs. He was a guy that was down to earth. He talked about his story, being raised in Alabama, and it just shows just that he is more than just a baseball player in so many ways. Um, I think Andrew Young said he didn't really start his greatness until after he got out of baseball by um, starting his foundation, helping so many others, um, not only in baseball but in life, and um, you know that just. It inspires me to kind of want to do something more than um, than what I'm doing. And, um, you know, it just keeps me keeps me moving in the right direction.
0: Yeah. And and like he said, it it was emotional for me because as a kid sitting here watching him do what he did, you know, especially as a young African-American kid that didn't get to see a lot of baseball when I was when I was small, Uh, my dad and I would sit we're from Sacramento and uh, we would sit and listen to Giants games on the radio and you know be got caught up in the uh, uh, the Giants and Dodgers but to meet Hank Aaron I mean that was a big deal to me that was a huge deal and to this day he still you know he still remembers and talks about things that that we had in common and uh, uh, but I mean being there that whole day I asked him about what he did that morning and what he did that afternoon, you know, because I knew what he did, but I just knew it was going to be a good story. And, you know, like the grace and dignity that this man has is second to none. I mean, you've never, ever heard anyone say anything bad about Hank Aaron. And you never, ever heard anyone uh, mention that he did something wrong, you know. And how do you do that? How do you have enough time to hit 700 and... 50 home runs or you know uh, 716 whatever it he ended up with a, a lot and how do you get to do that and and not have anything bad said about you.
3: Well, they didn't have Twitter back then. <laughs> right, right. And Marvin is the social media king. Yeah, He's, right. He will, he,
0: he he keeps us up to date on everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Well, I got a know if saw kids. him running the beach. I mean, he was rocking. Yeah, rocky. I did a little. Was uh, I was <laughs> Apollo Creed
3: down in uh, Vero Beach. I, I, think I did they, a 15 step beach run and I told my wife to cut it. Cut it. Yeah.
2: I have a, a quick story just about Hank because when I first came on board with the Braves and pitched them the idea of starting an alumni association, I immediately went to Hank, because Hank, you know, his office was right there and I thought, well, I need to go talk to Hank. I mean, if there's any one alumni that I need on my in my side, or on my side, I need to get Hank, you know, in my corner to help me promote this thing. So I went in there, and we had some great conversations. And from day one, he's been the nicest, supportive, always wanting to know how things are going, how he can help. He was on our podcast very early on, very supportive of it. And he just, you know, I just struck me because I didn't really – I saw Hank from a distance. He was, you know, his career ended right before as I was really getting into baseball. So I didn't really think much about Hank. But then as I read his book and and as I was working with the Braves, I thought, God, Lee, I can't believe all the stuff that he had to go through and what what was going on. And then just like you said, how gracious he was. And there was not bitterness and he wasn't um, mean spirited. I never heard him say anything about anybody that I brought up to him or anything that was going on never said anything. Even in our interviews, we talked to him. There was not any negative, you know, Context that you know. Sometimes, if anybody had a right to be upset about something or bitter about how I was treated, but it didn't it didn't he didn't never struck me that way, and I just had had just great respect for him just from a, from a business standpoint of doing what I'm doing now and just how he's really been a big supporter of the alumni association and what we've been doing here. So, and and, and for me, you know, finishing at the end of the 2016 season,
1: it was my second season actually working in baseball and with the Braves, and I'm. As people who listen to the Behind the Braves know I'm a lifelong Braves fan, so to get to work with the team was like a dream come true, and I had the opportunity to meet and interview Hank for the first time. When I found out I was going to interview Hank, I mean, I was like, oh gosh, oh God, don't, A, don't screw this up because this is <laughs> Hank Ayer. That's right. But B, I was just the fan side of me. I was like, I can't believe I get to meet Hank and talk to him for, it's just a 10-minute interview for, for Major League Baseball on their Facebook page was all it was supposed to be. We did it, it was great, and then he didn't have anywhere to be for half hour or so and i got to just sit there and talk to him for a half hour and and people asked me what was that like i was like it was like talking to my granddaddy who i was yeah, close forever i was like it was amazing he asked about where i was from mm-hmm. i told him virginia and he started talking about teammates who he knew had played in that area and then he's telling stories funny stories to get to know that a man like this that's such an icon is just such a warm and gentle person is uh that's what you, I've always been kind of afraid to meet my heroes like that, because you're just worried about what they're going to be like, and to know that the biggest hero out there is the, the nicest, easiest-going guy is that's that's what it's yeah, all about, it. and that's why we celebrate it.
3: Yeah.
2: So. Well, we appreciate you guys coming in, talk about what you're doing. We know you got the big game tomorrow, right? So, yes. a little preview of what's going on with that. You guys are are you guys coaching together tomorrow?
0: No, see, Marvin decided all of a sudden. <laughs> we've been together for two weeks. We see, haven't he's lost it. Flip wow. the, He's
3: flipping the script yeah, now. Yeah. I just told him. I said we went the whole two weeks. We didn't give up. I didn't give up one run with my pitches. <laughs> <laughs> I get down here and I'm he sent me to the bullpen. Wow. So, I don't Who'd mind. would you bring I mean,
0: me in? Actually, no. I don't. I have no. Idea. Yeah, actually, uh, Major League Baseball did did uh, oh, a. Okay. They put together. Uh, they took our team away from us because we were the only undefeated team. We could
3: have brought our whole team yeah. up here and just. Oh, that's right. Played so against it's kind the of re- other guys. Yeah. Shuffling it, right? Yeah, yeah so they don't so want us to dominate everything. Man. They, yeah. they shuffle the coaches too. So. Well, these kids, hey. are, <laughs> <what> we <laughs> they're
2: gonna have a treat. They get to play at SunTrust Park. And there's what two teams they put together? Two so twenty twenty team. Mm-hmm. All right, so they're going to get. We're going to have some scouts here tomorrow. Besides yes. you guys, yes,
3: oh, yeah. quite a few. That's great. And if they're not here, they're going to be missing out.
2: Yeah. Right. Hopefully, they get some sleep tonight. And uh, you guys will be early. But thanks for uh, being on Behind the Braves. And uh, we really appreciate what you're doing with these kids. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've taught for years. I just know it's important to kind of pass it along, right? And that's what you guys are doing. So we appreciate that.
3: Absolutely. I Thank mean, so people, people make it like we're doing something special. I mean, this is what I wanted to do. This, I, I wouldn't do anything else. I mean, this is, this is what I've always wanted to do, help. Somebody that that needs it, because I tell these guys, I said, hey, I didn't get this kind of information till I was twenty-seven, twenty-eight years old. Exactly. You're getting it at sixteen, so you're already ahead of the curve. So hopefully. It'll help. It'll help someone, man. Yeah. Well, where's the best place for
1: people listening? Where would be the best place uh, online or or to check out the work you guys are doing? Or or do you you want to follow you on Twitter? I'm
3: on Freeman Baseball on all social media, (laughs) Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can see some really good videos on me on Instagram. Okay. I think I've struck out everybody. I think every strikeout that I have recorded has been posted. And everybody's always like, well, where are the hits? That that you've given up. <laughs> if you look on my Instagram, I'm the greatest pitcher that ever lived.
0: <laughs> I'm just All glad right. I never hit off of you because <laughs> I would be I on there, there be too. There <laughs> too. <laughs> it's awesome, but I I uh, in tomorrow's game. I know that I'm not sure how it's going to be done, but I know there's some television involved and there's there's a lot of stuff going on. But I mean, if they go to the MLB.com, you'll, you'll they'll be able to see what's going on with this. Hank Aaron. Yeah, and the Players
2: Association is, we have the MLBPA been here. They're, you know, Tony Clark and those guys are involved, amazing. right? So it's a joint venture. It is. Uh, a joint we, venture. you know, obviously we're here. You guys are doing it here. We feel very privileged because it is the 44 Classic, it's the Hank Aaron Invitational. And it's the first one that's first right annual. that's yeah. right so we're we're t- really excited about what's going on because we love having it here i love having so many alumni involved you guys are great and and that's uh so we we're glad that it's it's at uh sun trust park Absolutely. thanks guys right. thanks yeah. for having Thank you us. guys so, so much man, man. appreciate right. it
1: <laughs> Our thanks again to former Braves, former big leaguers, Marvin Freeman and Jerry Royster for joining us here. Boy, you could really, the reverence with which they, as, as do we, hold Hank Aaron, that, that's pretty clear, I think, in hearing the way those two guys talked about, talked about Hank. Um, but really, I'll tell you, they the, hear the passion in their voices. For what they do and what they get to do, and giving back to these young, young men, and in some cases, kids, the babies, uh, as, as I believe Marvin called some of the younger folks there. Uh,
2: it's it's pretty incredible work that they're doing. Yeah, I was I was struck by just the stories that they were telling as we were walking over to be on the podcast, and then uh, walking back down to let them back out of the stadium. Just talking about, oh well, you won't believe this kid, you won't believe this kid, and this kid's fifteen years old, and he's doing this and I mean we could have sat here and talked for hours about just the the young men that are involved and and Marvin just Marvin did talk a little bit about it, Lou that they were hanging on word that he was saying they were just soaking it up like sponges but i uh I'm struck by as I'm around you know Jerry, how much he really cares and has given back. His, after his playing career, he really went right back in and was coaching in, in the minor leagues, and he coached at the big leagues. He was a manager in the big leagues, he was a big league coach. He's just been back in the game, and he's he's been given back. And I see it from Marvin, from a coaching perspective, or from an instructing uh, position, where he just loves getting in there and mixing it up with the kids and really helping them get better, learning what he, what he knows. And he even said it himself, I, you know, I, I can't imagine what it would have been like for me if I would have been able to sit and talk with somebody, a, a big league pitcher, back when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. And these kids are getting not only, they're talking with Hall of Famers, Ken Griffey Jr., and they're talking with All-Stars. And, um, and so I, you know that that's making a great impact. On who they are as ballplayers absolutely well make sure you go
1: follow marvin on all social <laughs> yeah, media channels he'd love that he would love that <laughs> he's proud of that as he should be uh and another little social media note for those of you i'm sure most of you if you're on social media you probably follow the braves on twitter and elsewhere uh, last weekend last on the last road trip we were in philadelphia and they had the uh the throwback night where the phillies wore their uniforms they'd only won more, once before in 1979 so the Braves, we wore our 1979 unis, which are just sweet, by the way. Much like the, they're, they're very similar to the, the Hank Aaron throwbacks we're wearing this week, but those 79 ones in particular are slightly different. Um, and from the official Braves account, there was a, a tweet that went out that had pictures of Ozzie and Acuna wearing the throwbacks and also had a picture of the 79 team in black and white wearing the throwbacks. And then we had one uh player individually in his from 1979 and it was jerry royster in his 1979 jersey and it's just a that picture exudes cool like it just looks cool jerry looks cool in it so it's like if you missed that or maybe you saw that and you wondered uh who that player was well it's it's jerry royster and uh he was a heck of a ball player so uh, it's really great to have those guys here, Braves alumni here. What uh, what, what alumni do we have coming up for Alumni Sunday yeah, this Yeah, we, ha-
2: we have a great alumni weekend coming up. We've got Steve Avery here. Nice. Great pitcher. Johnny Estrada, former All-Star. And we have Gerald Perry. So uh, got a great, great group that's going to be out there. So come see us.
1: Awesome. We're well, looking forward to it. Well, our thanks again. To Marvin Freeman and Jerry Royster for joining us here on Behind the Braves. Thanks to all of you for listening. And continue to rate, review, subscribe, Behind the Braves on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to it. Some of the episodes are up on YouTube. If you've been to SunTrust Park during a rain delay, you've probably seen us a couple of times now. We had we have one or two episodes on just the other night, as, as a matter of fact. So uh, some of those episodes, these episodes are on YouTube, so check us out there. And uh, tell a friend if you haven't done done already done so easy for me to say let's just stop it right there all right for greg mcmichael i'm ricky mast we'll see you next time i'm behind the braves